Welcome to Kripalu Perspectives, enlightening interviews with leading teachers, authors, and thinkers associated with Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health, located in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. I'm Portland Helmick, your host, and today I'm talking to Peggy Cappy. For more than 45 years, Peggy's been practicing and teaching yoga, meditation, and guided relaxation to people from all walks of life, cancer survivors, top business leaders, the elderly, and more. She's the creator of the PBS series Yoga for the Rest of Us and is the founder of Gentle Stretch Yoga, which she's taught for over 30 years and boasts many students in their 80s and 90s. Thanks so much for being here, Peggy. It is a treat to be here for me, too. Thanks. So years ago, Peggy, I was interviewing a naturopathic doctor, and we were talking about yoga. And I always remember what she said to me. She said, you know, yoga is good for what ails you. And it stuck with me. And I'm guessing, since you've been teaching yoga for so many years, you probably agree with that statement. Yes, and I'm delighted to hear it, because what we're finding is that more and more doctors are coming to the conclusion that their patients who've been doing yoga are faring much better than the rest of the population. For my understanding, yoga is something that benefits not only the physical body, which we all need as we age. We need strength, muscle strength. We need the flexibility that yoga helps develop. We need the balance work. We need all those physical aspects. But more than that, yoga helps someone to begin to pay attention to their bodies and to their minds and notice a correspondence between what they do and what they feel. And that's why it's been so easy for me to be a proponent for yoga for everyone from children up to my oldest student who's been 103. (laughs) Are you serious? That's remarkable. Yeah. Remarkable. So I said, Peggy, when I introduced you that you created the PBS series that I've seen on and off on PBS over the years, Yoga for the Rest of Us. I'm wondering, what inspired you to create that show? Well, as you said earlier, I've had one ongoing class for more than 30 years, and it turns out it's a group of seniors. I started with a regular class, and they said, no, you can't stop at the end of this series. We have to keep going. And so essentially the class meets every week and has done so for 30 years. I've had to train teachers to teach in my absence when I'm away. But what I found is that the people that were engaged in this program really had abundant health, and they had the tools that they needed to address physical problems that may have arisen in their bodies. And so because I could see so clearly what was helpful to this group of people, my goal was just to make one video to have an easy program available to anyone. Because back then, this happened in about the turn of the century, about 2000. Back then, there wasn't much in the way of adaptive yoga, modified yoga. And now it's everywhere. But back then, it was not considered appropriate to modify poses. But what do you do if the body is stiff or broken in some place or not able to move in a certain way? Does that mean yoga is not available? No. The yoga poses can be adapted to meet every person where they are. And I just thought that was a message that needed to get out. Originally, I made the show for just the Boston area. And the people at public television and WGBH specifically found it was so popular 
that they decided to release it nationwide. And then we've just gone ahead and made a new program every two years. So I had no intention of this being a long-term project when I started with PBS. But now we've just finished our eighth program. So making yoga accessible to everybody is really, that's what you're all about. So how have you adapted it to make it so accessible? The chair is obviously a big piece of this. Yes, we start the class in chairs because everyone's familiar with sitting down. As long as you're mobile, you can sit down. And so what I use that time for is to just really gently warm up the body to get the joints moving to prepare us for the work that's to follow. One other big difference in my classes, which I don't see in other classes, is that I teach in the round for this group. That means our chairs are in a circle. That means everybody has an equal place in the circle. And rather than it being distracting, it's encouraging to seniors to see other people doing moves and in different ways. If someone has a problem with the shoulder, they learn that they can modify the movement so that it doesn't hurt when they do it. So I would say in chairs and in a circle. I also, most yoga teachers don't do or haven't up to this point done much in the way of warm-ups. I've been in classes where you've just jumped into downward dog and held it for a long time, and if you suffer, so what? (laughs) And I don't believe that suffering should be connected to yoga. I think if you can do the yoga poses to the best of your ability with the adaptations that you need to make, the body will grow stronger and it will grow more flexible, and that makes more and more classical yoga available to the people. Can you give some examples, though, Peggy, of how you might modify certain postures to make them more accessible for people who don't have as much strength or balance or flexibility? Sure. Well, the balance poses, we turn the chairs around so that someone stands with the back of the chair facing them. And having a chair there makes a safety so that someone can practice a balance pose and really risk being in a steady place if they know they can grab onto the chair if and when they lose their balance. Some teachers say move to the wall, but I find that with a chair right in front of you, you can do the yoga pose, and then if you feel like you're going to wobble or fall, you can hold onto the chair. Or you may want to start holding onto the chair with one hand and then taking it off gradually as you grow more and more confident as the body gets more and more able to balance. Because the ability to balance does increase with practice. So, for example, in tree pose, it's a very common classical pose where you're standing on one leg and you draw the other knee, turn the knee out to the side and draw the foot up somewhere along the leg. Mostly it's done with the foot up into the inner thigh. Well, for an older person who's maybe very stiff and hasn't done yoga before, that pose may not even be possible or good for their body. So I'll have them stand on one leg, turn the knee out to the side, and then rest their heel above the ankle so that the toes are still on the floor. And we all practice that beginning pose to kind of get us into the the framework of this tree pose. Each person is able to do the pose according to their ability on that day. And you can get the same level of benefit from doing a modified pose that you can get from a classical pose? Absolutely, because really it's not about the pose in yoga. I think many people new to yoga think that the pose is what's important, but the pose gives us an opportunity to connect with our body and to really be present with 
what is the effect of that pose in the body? Why am I doing this? What am I feeling? And so the whole level of inquiry in the pose becomes an essential part of our inner training where we really can make discoveries. Unfortunately, most of us are kind of trained or conditioned not to pay attention to our bodies. But what I find is as people practice yoga, they are able to be more and more sensitive to balance in their body, internal balance, so that they can begin to intervene on their own behalf when they find a little disruption. So, for example, when I was doing my yoga practice this morning, I found a little glitch in my hips. And so I just knew that I needed to spend more time with poses that work the hips so that I didn't have to go through the day with that little glitch or whatever you call it so that I could take care of it and then kind of bring peace into my body and be able to go through the rest of the day really feeling my best. To what extent, Peggy, do you think that yoga can mitigate the loss of strength and flexibility and balance that so many people do experience with age? And that's a big one because I think most people think that when I get old, I'm not going to be able to move. But I think we need to flip that idea around and say, it's not about aging. It's when you stop moving, you lose the ability to move. I think there's a natural slowdown of energy for most people as they age. But in fact, if we keep flexibility, if we keep working with movements and poses that help make our flexibility not diminish, and if we keep working on strengthening the muscles in the body, particularly the thighs and the buttocks, to keep those muscles strong, then we have a resiliency as we age. And so we keep that spring in our step. We don't have to start to shuffle because balance is compromised and you can't lift your foot very far off the floor. I think people are often surprised to find out that I'm in my late 60s, but I don't feel it at all. I feel full of vibrant health and I have tremendous flexibility because I started young and I started when I was really flexible. I feel that that's an idea that I want our culture to change about aging, that just because we get old doesn't mean we're going to stiffen up and lose our mobility. What kinds of changes do some of these older people who take your gentle stretch yoga class comment on if they've been coming for weeks and months and years? Yes, I had a man recently say that he couldn't believe after doing yoga for a year, his whole ability to interact with his grandson changed. His grandson was always wanting him to get down on the floor and play trains. And he used to say, oh, Papa's too old for that. But he found that with the practice of getting up and down to the floor and back up again in yoga, he found that he had an ease come into his being. And now he's delighted to be able to be so much more physically active with his grandson. Now they go outside and play ball and all the things that he thought he was maybe getting too old to do, all of a sudden that's not true. Now that he's started yoga, he's regained some of the things that he lost. That's very impressive. I'm wondering how your own practice has evolved over the last 45 years. I found a very simple way of approaching my own practice now is that I just tune into my body to see what the need is. My morning starts with kind of scanning to see how I feel. And I start with my sun salutations. What I think is amazing is that even as flexible as I am, that first round of movement 
I feel stiff. I feel tight. I just feel kind of like it's hard to move, kind of like the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz. I need mm-hmm. a little oiling. And I know that I can oil the internal part of my body if we want to extend that metaphor. It takes movement to help lubricate my joints. And so I start very slowly and just do a round of sun salutations. And then I might make some modifications to that as I see where the tightest areas are. And by the third round, I can say, okay, what do I need today? Do I need standing poses? Do I want to work on balance? Today, I just came right down to the floor and did a whole sequence for the hips that I've recently created. And it just felt so good to do them. When I teach a workshop at Kripalu, I make sure that people go home with a very simple practice that they can do every day or every other day. And that's a great start to being able to know how the pose works for you, how the poses come together to create a much better place for you in body and mind. And so as we're closing today, Peggy, I'm wondering, do you have any tips for listeners who are maybe just starting out and are not so well-versed in yoga? Yes, I do. Because yoga is about awareness, I would really recommend that someone start with stillness rather than an active pose and to take a moment to really tune in, either from a seated position with the spine lifted or stretched out on the floor to really pay attention to what their body is feeling and what it needs. And then to follow that scan through their body with a breathing practice. It can be as simple as three deep breaths, three full deep breaths, letting the exhaling breath be longer and fuller and more complete. And that begins to make a change not only physiologically in the body, but also in the mind. That would be an excellent starting place. Thanks so much for talking with me, Peggy. And thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed speaking about yoga. If you'd like more information about Peggy's work or workshops, you can go to PeggyCappy.com. That's P-E-G-G-Y-C-A-P-P-Y.com. I'm Portland Helmick. Thank you for listening to Kropalu Perspectives. Kropalu Perspectives is a production of Kropalu Center for Yoga and Health, the nation's leading retreat center for yoga and holistic living, offering workshops, trainings, and retreats in Western Massachusetts. Visit us online at kropalu.org. That's K-R-I-P-A-L-U.org.